Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. What's up? Episode 151. I'm here with my brother, Josh Copeland. Uh, he, it is just, if you're watching on live, you can tell it's just us. No one else is here. I sent Clay or Ryer and Keegan uh, and Hunter, the new intern, to the beach. They're down there doing content and doing some stuff for um, Brian and Spy Point and Puddin just uh, ran up to the table and hit it with an antler that she's chewing on. Um, and then Clay is fishing. So every, the only person working this week is me, really. But I'm going to be honest, I haven't done a whole lot either. But um, a lot of you have listened to the stories of the creation story, I guess, of how I got into this and how Copeland Creative started, how Redneck Tech started. And if you haven't, there's a podcast where I kind of tell the whole story. It's very, very early on. Um, I'll have to go back and reference it to be able to tell you which one it was, because I honestly can't tell off the top of my head which one it was. But um, it all started with my brother, because, Josh, maybe you should just introduce yourself first, since I haven't done a very good job of that. Just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm Caleb's brother. I'm the reason he is... In the outdoor space. <laughs> I figured you'd try and take credit for something. Oh, yeah. It's all mine. Get that all a little mine. closer to your mouth. You're a little, little low there. There you go. It's all my doings. Yeah. Um, I have two chicken houses. I have five kids. I'm very busy. I love to hunt. And when I have time. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, we grew up. 10 15 minutes from right where we're sitting and um my dad took us hunting which i've told the story i feel like i'm repeating myself a lot but my dad took us hunting when we were little um he took us until we were old enough to go by ourselves and then he liked to sleep in on saturday mornings that was always his his reward to himself because our dad worked a lot when we were little and uh he would still get up on saturdays to take us and that's about the only day we hunted growing up was on saturday mornings when we were little little because that's the only day we could, because growing up, Dad didn't really hunt, let us hunt on Sunday. That's changed over the years, or we just wore him down to where we, you know, he would start letting us because we're like, hey, we're only going to get to hunt Saturday, but we want to hunt Saturday and Sunday. And we finally wore him down, but, um, you know, and then Josh and I got him into bow hunting years and years later. Um, we grew up hunting North Georgia, hunting tiny little whitetails, and we loved it. That's all we knew to do. We hunted the same pretty much little hundred acre place that um well I you hunted a lot more than I do but we still hunt to this day um and uh it was we thought we knew what hunting was we thought we understood what 
whitetail hunting was, and I thought I knew what filming was back in the day, and I I really didn't have any idea. But, you know, we've hunted since we were both too little to remember it. But um, the whole thing, hey, Devin's on. What's up, Devin? Um, the whole thing about how this all got started kind of started with, which I've told the story, and I'll tell a really abbreviated version, but I want you to tell your version of it here in a minute, is I essentially wrote into Field and Stream magazine, and I signed up for what was called Generation Wild, as if I were you. And because you had to be under 18, and you were 17 or right at 18 at the time, and I was 20 or 21, and uh, lo and behold, you end up winning. And then they called you. I don't remember how the call went, but tell me how the call went when they called you and told you. Because you, because I've always, and, and this is how I describe myself to people when they say, "Well, how is your brother?" I'm like, I was the tech savvy one. My brother's not the tech savvy one. I was the one that understood computers and and things like that, and I enjoyed it. Josh was like, "Eh, not a big fan." Still not. Still not. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was kind of how I differentiated us. I was like, we both like to hunt. We both were, you know, always played sports. You rode more motorcycles than sports, but, um, always, you know, athletic and did different things, but I was a tech one. You weren't. Yeah. That day I got a phone call. I think it's something popped up on my phone. I think it was New York. Yeah. Yeah. It was field and streams based in New York. Yeah. yeah. It said something New York. I don't know. That was how many years ago? That would have been whenever you were 18. So, yeah, 2008. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, what is going on? And back then, we didn't have all the spam calls we have now. Yeah. So, I answered it, and it guy was Colin Kearns. I'll never forget his name. Exactly. I couldn't remember his name. See, I see. I can't even remember that crap. I need to look him up. Well, See he, what he's, he's doing like, nowadays. Hey, telling me, you know, that I won this big sweet stakes, and I was like, what are you, you know, what are you, and I was like, I just went along with it. I had no idea. <laughs> and I called, uh, called you, I guess. And Yeah, well, you said, asked me what was going on. You're like, this doesn't sound bad. This, like, yeah. sounds legit. <laughs> yeah, it sounded, it was, I mean, obviously it was legit, but it was, I was just in shock because I didn't know what had happened. You never told me that you put my name in for the, the drawing. Well, I never thought you would win. Yeah, and then I get a call, but that's how it went down. And then we went and did the whole thing for a year as one of their pro staffers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back when pro staff still meant something. Yeah. And uh, got got the shirt. I think I still have one of them. And got to go to what I remember the most was going down to the Bill Jordan's farm and seeing all that down there and but you got to go you got to go so when you won that i tried to go well she ah, no ma'am sorry my dog is acting up um i uh you got to do you got to go to real tree farms you got to do a turkey hunt and you got to go to michigan to film for outdoor icons oh yeah and i didn't get to go on the turkey hunt dad went with you on that but I got to go with you on the other two. Yeah, and you follow Alabama. You follow Alabama. We went with this guy, the Turkey Whisperer. It was the craziest thing ever. <laughs> that was a fun experience. 
um, getting to kill that turkey. You were the only one that killed one too, weren't you? Well, another boy killed a Jake, but I killed an actual, a, a big Tom. Yeah. Like a stud Tom. I didn't know what I had killed. And uh, we, it was Sunday. I mean, the guy picked me up at like 3 o'clock in the morning at the camp. And he was a timber cruiser. So he had all these places to hunt. And we pulled up on this place and it was just thundering and lightning and just coming a heck of a storm bad. And he, we just sat in his truck and he just watched the radar and he said, right here, he pointed to his phone and he said, right here, we're going to get out. And so we got out of his truck when the weather was almost about to break, walked up to a green field and he like was just telling the turkeys what to do. He was, he said the hens will come out first and then the, the toms will come. Sure enough, like he didn't get it out of his mouth, the hens walked out, and then here come the toms right behind them, and he just made three little yelps on a mouth call, and they just turned and walked right to us, and I killed it, and I was like, "This guy's amazing! <laughs> this guy's amazing!" <laughs> so he and, made it seem so easy. But, yeah, you know. Well, when they're then, when they're right, easy. man, they are right. But it's yeah, that, it very rarely happens that way. But I just remember. My whole thing was, you know, the opportunity that I saw was they wanted you to write articles for this thing that you did, and they wanted you to do video blogs. And back then, I mean, I don't, re- I mean, I'm sure there was HD cameras, but it wasn't like it is now. You know, there was still a lot of standard definition stuff, um, and then, and also, TV was still the only medium that got any money and got any play. Whereas now, you know, TV starting to web, web and, and streaming platforms are starting to take the place. Um, and, uh, they're starting to take the place of TV now. Yeah. And, but back then it was TV only. And, uh, so when they wanted you to do these web or like, Video blogs, they were just for the website. They weren't web web shows. But I wanted yours to be better than everybody else's. Yeah. And so we... We thought they were the best thing. Better. Well, we did. I wish I still had them. I tried to look them up. I can't find them. I don't still have them. I know they were absolutely terrible. But they were better than what everybody else did, which was essentially selfie videos. Yeah. Um. So it was... I, I We bought a second little camera, had a second camera. I don't even remember if we bought one or had one. But we like two camera angle, you know, shooting the bow in the yard and trying to kill a doe and, you know, all these stupid things. And then yep. put a little music to it on my iMac with iMovie. And uh, we used licensed music. We didn't know what, you know, non-licensed music was. We had no idea. So um, it was not until after the year was over that you did that, you know, that they asked you to stay on board, wasn't it? They ask you to just say, hey, you know, you did a really good job. And you're like, well, I didn't do much of that. I didn't do any of it. <laughs> I mean, you told me what to do, and you did all the the camera work, the editing, and they thought I was doing all of yeah, it. Yeah, but I didn't know, but I really didn't know what I was doing either. Well, you got, you got, the, it definitely gave you the itch. It gave me the itch, yeah. I did, but it's something I'd never even thought about doing until, but, but with the way I saw it wasn't to, to do it for the video work or to make a career out of it at the time. It was just, I wanted yours to be better than theirs. 
Yeah. It was a competition. It's like there's four kids in this, and Josh is one of the four. I want his to be better. Yeah. You know, so that was my, that was my whole, that was the way I viewed it. It's like, okay, how can we stand out above the crowd? I mean, there wasn't like some like winner, like, hey, the best of the four gets this special thing, but it was like, you know, let's go above and beyond. You know, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. And then the outdoor, I wish I could find that outdoor icon show that you were on, which we went up there for what, two or three days, and you made what, like 30 seconds? No, I don't even think it was that. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't very much at all. What was that guy's name? Wolf Creek Productions. Uh, it was uh, Steve Gruber. I still, yeah. I've still talked to him a couple times. I've ran into him a couple times at shows. That was probably the farthest I've traveled out of Georgia at the time. Uh, but I, um, I looked back on that. I think the biggest thing was when we went to Realtree and we met Dan Johnson, which was the – see, I remember the camera guy for Realtree's name, but I can't remember yeah. the Colin Kearns, which I just looked up Colin Kearns, by the way. He's now the editor-in-chief at Field Street Magazine. Probably should have kept him. <laughs> Bro, just, I, might, I might email him. I'll reach out to him and say, hey, you remember me? Yeah, that was uh, 14 years ago. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But uh, anyway, the uh, how just how it all transpired still just like it's a it was a God thing. I mean, we just right place, right time. And I wish I still had what I wrote because it was like tell the story of your first hunt. And you know that I told the story of the first hunt. If I remember correctly, the one I told was the one that me and you had to shoot in the creek that the dogs got a hold of. If yeah. I remember right, really? Yeah, I think that's what I wrote. I don't. I never saw it. Just said they just called me and said I won. Oh, man, I wish there was a way to look that up, find it. Yeah, I wish I had the email that I wrote to Fox really. Don't have it. Mm-hmm. I wish I know what I said. <laughs> Study it because obviously it was good. But anyway, I just uh, I just think about that kind of stuff all the time, like all the little all the little things that had to go right, and all the you know opportunities that I didn't even realize were opportunities at the time. But I wanted to talk about. Do you need to call your boss right now? I mean, he's texted me and called me. <laughs> can you text him back and say, give me, no. give me a little bit, or you can call him I right need now? To call him. Okay. Well, you can call him, and we'll start this back here in a second. We're back. Sorry, Josh had to take a work call. Um, anyway, we were talking about how just several things had to line up just the right way for things to go right in this crazy thing that now I've been doing for over 10 years. But I wanted to talk, I wanted to throw it back even further than that. So right at, not even further than that, but essentially right after we, you did the thing with Field and Stream, which was the, the next, was it called Generation Wild? Right after you did that, we started filming for, for DRT back in the day. Oh yeah. And me and you didn't see eye to eye all the time. Yeah. We, we did a lot of butting heads. So I wanted to hear your take on that. So we started, I started filming because you were the only one around to film all the time and you just. You just wouldn't tell me no. Well, I just, I don't know. Just something about brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say is we butted heads too often trying to hunt. Yeah. And it, it for me, it wasn't, you were trying to get footage. I was trying to kill something. And that's all I cared about. <laughs> I didn't care about the camera. And that's all you cared about was the camera. And it's very obvious now that that's what you cared about. And 
we just butted heads because it just didn't go with the flow that I wanted to go at. Yeah, well, and I was – I definitely in the very beginning because I saw – so many people around me that said that this is what they wanted to do, but they'd get into filming and then they would let it, they would let the filming go by the wayside because they wanted to kill something, and yeah. which I get. I mean, I still see that to this day. But I just knew if this was going to be successful, that the footage had to be, it had to be the most important thing, which is still is the most important thing. But at the same time, um, now I got somebody calling me. I'll call them back shortly. Call you shortly. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I just, I did see it. I was looking at it from the viewer side of it. Like, what does the viewer want to see? Whereas everybody else we ran with, which is understandable because nobody was paying us anything. We were, I was losing a lot of money. We just wanted to go hunt. Yeah. You know, and, and I did probably did suck some of the fun out of it for some I sucked the fun out of it for me sometimes. But I didn't I mean I didn't really hunt myself for a couple of years. Oh yeah. You know? You went gung ho on filming everybody and every person that you would let you hang a lock on behind them. You yeah. were there. Yeah, and, and but I mean it it paid off in the end. But yeah. like more than anything, I just want I kinda want to talk about like your perspective on being filmed and then because, I mean, we went and hung stands on that little four-acre place in town. We went, you know, we try and travel and do stuff. We tried to do some duck hunts. We tried, I mean, we tried everything. Yeah. And the best we could do was occasionally get a shot at a doe. Yeah. You know, if and that. Then, and then miss. And then. <laughs> Probably. Or but, say, no, no, no. Can't, I don't have him. Like, I'll never forget that, uh. There was two times that I was... That was one of my questions. Like, tell me some of your story, the story that sticks out in your mind filming. There's two times that I was running the camera. Nathan, oh, yeah, Nathan I remember Tritt this. was with us. We were turkey hunting. I remember and this, And we yeah. have never killed a bird on that 100 acres. And still haven't, I don't think. I don't think anybody has. Well, Jay may have. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um... <laughs> And I was running, I don't even remember that big white camera, and it had the Oh, yeah, the X, tiny, yeah, I can't remember the name of that camera. Tiny, tiny viewfinder. And y'all could see the bird, and I was looking, instead of looking for the turkey, I was looking in the viewfinder looking for it. And I was like, <laughs> I just kept saying, no, 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 no. Which is what I told you to do. And the turkey got off, and Nathan was just, uh, he was living. Yeah. Because he is a killer. Yeah. And uh, at the time, we didn't know what we were doing. No. He knew. He I still him. didn't know for years after that what I was doing. Yeah. But I knew the I, most of all of us, and y'all for sure didn't know what you were doing. And then another time in Kentucky at 20 foot high. Yeah, I'll never forget this one. Yeah. I remember them that both was now. big old 10-pointer. Yeah. Come just, he, I guess a doe had come by earlier. We yeah. had just gotten in the stand. Yeah. And... It was the evening, and yeah. I remember it was on that logging road in the middle of timber. He was trotting, yeah, and then he got out to like probably forty. It was a long shot for us, and we were pretty young. Well, that was also the time that we set the stand up for a left-handed shooter for me. Yeah, and I was hunting on the rare occasion, and when we set the stand it was up backwards, on, it was backwards for it usually is because usually yeah. you set the stand up on the right side because it's a right-handed shooter, but. It was me filming, so we put it on the left hand sh- over the left shoulder, yeah. and that's what kept me from getting a shot. Was you were in the way, 
Yeah. If we would have set it up right-handed like we always would have, I would have probably gotten a shot at it. That was a good deer. <laughs> yeah, it would have it yeah, it's still it, if I would have shot the deer, it's still been my best deer to yeah. this day. Yeah. But uh I'll never forget that deer. I can almost probably take you to I know I could take you to the tree. I could take you to the tree. And then that's just crazy how you remember stuff like that. Yeah. Those are the only two that really He was like a short time yeah. short time ten, probably a hundred and thirty five inch deer, four yeah. hundred and forty inch deer maybe. That's the only times that who I filmed who filmed that big deer with Storm? Who filmed that really big deer in that green field? It was late, late at night. It was a big ten. He never got a shot at it. But it was a big deer. Who was that? Was it Will? I don't know. The only successful hunt. I should have had Will up here. We should have had Will up here too. Was Will we took the veterans turkey hunting. You remember that up there in Kentucky? The wounded the wounded vets. I don't remember. Was I there? We filmed it. So I figured you were there. I don't I was remember. the I was the guide. Now Dad's calling me. Good Lord. And Will, Will was the cameraman, and this guy, I'll never forget this. He was a, a wounded warrior, and he wanted to kill him with his bow. We were down in that corn, the back cornfields that in, in Kentucky, in a ground blind. Will was literally sitting on my feet, and the guy, we were all three in a ground blind, <laughs> and the guy was here with his bow, and three Jakes walked by at like 15 steps. He's never killed a turkey, and they just walked right in front of him. And I was like, you know, it's hard to kill one with a, with a bow. Yeah. And I was like, why didn't you shoot? They're yeah. legal. And he was like, oh, I want to kill a big one. <laughs> so the next the next day, we hunted the same place. It was thundering, raining, and it finally quit raining. And I just made one call, and this bird gobbled right next to the blind. And it walked out and walked straight to the decoy. And I was looking through the curtain of the blind and I was like, that's a good one. It's a good one. And the guy had his, he was the gung ho with his bow and I had my shotgun there to follow up. And, uh, he said, then he caught a glimpse of it. He said, hand me that gun. <laughs> and so I handed him the gun and, uh, he shot it and it ended up not, it was like a nine inch beard. It didn't have any spurs at all. I'll never forget that. And Will, uh, where was I? Will filmed it. And he was sitting on my feet with like this weird, he was, Holding the camera, filming it. <laughs> I don't remember this. I remember that one, but there wasn't many successful. No, there wasn't. Hunts. We didn't realize how hard it was, you know. And I, heck, I mean, did you sh the six the Velvet Six? Did you get it on film? Yeah, we did. I wish I knew where that footage was. Um, uh, Chris Kyle fil filmed that, not the sniper Chris Kyle, but local guy named Chris Kyle um, filmed that hunt, and that was in. 2000, I was in college, so 2008 or 9 or 10, somewhere around in there. Yeah. Um, that's still the only deer I've ever shot in velvet. Um, tiny little thing. Is it in the office? Half the velvet's chewed off because of this stupid dog. She got a hold of it. Um, yeah, I mean, really that, I'm trying to think of like the, back in the day, back before I started doing this, like, and getting paid for it, like, I knew I missed several does. I lost that deer in Gainesville City. Shot that six pointer. Was that on film? Yeah. Who filmed that? Uh, Will Dale. Yeah, Will Dale did. Yeah, I missed I one. You tracked that deer forever. Oh man! I well, I remember. I also missed one. Uh, in that same spot, pretty big deer. 
um, the morning Will never answered his phone. Supposed to come and film that day and never showed up. And I went, I was mad as, oh, so mad. I got in the tree and it was like just breaking daylight. And uh, I just saw, you know, antlers walking by me like 25 yards. And I don't know what, I don't still to this day don't know what I did. Oh, yeah. But probably more than likely what happened is I drew my bow back, never looked at my peep at all, and just shot, shot right over his back. I mean, perfect left to right was great. (laughs) I have no idea what I did this past fall. Yeah, but we that's talk about that's yeah, another story for another day. But yeah, I mean, we didn't. Oh, you know, when the, the most memorable one for me is that turkey me and you killed. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my. <laughs> Tell that goodness. story. Oh, we were. Was at, that the, that's the first successful one me and you ever had, wasn't it? And yeah. it we and barely that, got it. That that turkey just had a death wish. <laughs> we should have never killed that bird. No doubt. Well, I was oh, I was so mad because uh, you know me being the the great white hunter I am, <laughs> thinking I could have killed two in one shot. Yeah, and the bird finally steps out, and you nudge me and say, "I got two minutes left to film." Something that's like that. back in the tape days. Yeah. I had those. It was HDV. It was a uh, God. What was the name of that camera? First HD camera I bought, I bought it with half the money that I got from the Field and Stream thing when we did those websites. It's twenty five hundred bucks. I met a lady in Roswell at a Caribou Coffee and bought it off of eBay. I'll never forget it. Wish I still had it just for Cannon. posterity. Was it a Canon? It was a Canon. Yeah, and I had you got the thirty second. It was like a minute, two minutes, something like that, like left on the tape because you only get a certain amount. Of, you know, tape. It was an hour tape, and you know. <laughs> We were poor, man. We didn't have any money. I mean, you know, tapes were like, let's say tapes were like 12, 14, 20 bucks. I don't remember. I never bought any. And I, you could go to Walmart and get them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, going to getting them before we went on a big hunting trip. (laughs) And I, uh, I was down to whatever a minute was, and I didn't have another one with me. And these turkeys were gobbling right in front of us in the timber. We couldn't see them. They were on the edge of the field. Wouldn't come out. Yeah, and then like as soon as they well, we had crawled, out, we crawled all the way down that. Yeah, and you got hit, shocked by that electric. Yeah, was that after? That was after. Oh yeah, because I went to go get the tape so we could do the recovery. Yeah, you had to go get. And when I crossed it on the way there, it didn't get me, and on the way back, it got me. Yeah, well, you were soaking wet. We crawled yeah. like yeah, two hundred yards. Yeah, in knee high wet dew grass. Still don't know how we got away without getting seen. Yeah, well, that little privet head just not there anymore. We crawled up behind it, and then I, somehow I was able to walk out into that field and stick that mm-hmm. decoy up. And then there's no way. I mean, that we should have never killed us. Yeah, I know. looking back, but I still I do I still do have that hunt. That was a huge. That was a. I wanted to get that bird mounted, and it it got ruined in somebody's freezer. Yeah, and then it that bird like came out, a, and I'm like, it's now or never. And you shot. Yeah. And I'll never forget we showed we showed Daniel Trent the footage, oh, and it's your yelping afterwards. Do you remember what he said? Yeah, it sounded like a wounded no, chihuahua. No, or he said it sounded like a feist dog. Yeah. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Daniel Tritt. Oh, but anyway, we uh, c- nice guy he is. <laughs> well, he's him and his him and his boys and Nathan. You know, they're filming a bunch of hunts now, which is cool to see. Yeah, that's fun to watch. But um. Yeah, it's just you don't realize, and how many people came and went 
during we were when we were trying to do that. The thought that was oh, yeah. the next thing, which I look back on it now, and is like, you know, the, the whole DRT thing that we did. Like, what if we would have stuck with it? You know, what if we would have stuck it out for five years and just done some hunts, been you know, created a series, created a brand. It it, it could have. We, you know, it was very, very early on. It's before anybody had started doing the web thing, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think back on it, it's like, how, first of all, how would we have kept it going? I don't know. But, like, it could have had legs one of these days, you know, if we could have stuck with it. But that's, but that's also something I think about all the time. It's like, what was unique about it? Nothing. You know, not nothing, really. Just a bunch of idiots trying to go shoot stuff yeah. and have an excuse to go do it. Yeah. Which is why most guys get into trying to do it and, you know, and I've talked about that, the different shows, different levels of shows. You know, are you trying to make money or are you trying to get your hunts paid for? Because those are two different animals, you know. But you have been listening to a lot of hunting podcasts lately. What's your favorite one you've been listening to lately? Well, the only – I'm kind of out of the hunting podcast right now because it's not deer season. Oh, well, that's true. And um, I like to turkey hunt, but I just do not have time. <laughs> But uh, the Gamekeeper podcast with uh, all the Mossy Oak guys is the best educational podcast there is, I think. I mean, they're, they talk about everything, and and they put everything in layman's terms. You have to plan this next year to go with me in WTF. Just go ahead and put it on your calendar. It's Valentine's weekend every year. So yeah. Just plan on it. I love to go. They uh, That's the best one, but I've kind of – once deer season starts back up, I'll get back into some hunting podcasts. Which ones do you listen to during the season? Uh, the THP, um, the Hunt Public, and then the Gamekeeper does one every. I mean, they do one every week, regardless of hunting season. But I mean, I don't listen to that many. I'm trying to think of another hunting podcast I listen to. Um. But I mostly just listened to the Unashamed. Yeah. The Robertsons. I haven't started listening to that one. I was going to start listening to that one. I started listening to... 400 episodes. You better oh, get, really? You better Whew. get going. The, um, I've been start, I started listening to the, the Jack Carr books. I bought all his books, and I'm like on the second book right now. But uh, I went and hiked with Dad again this morning, and trying to get him to listen to uh, uh, David Goggins book. So we got talking about... You know how dad is about working out and being yeah. fit, being tough. So I was like, you need to listen to David Goggins' book. You'll really like that. But, uh, yeah, and then I've told the story before about how the the Redneck Tech podcast came about, and that's because of where you went to school at North Georgia Technical College, which was College. affectionately known as Redneck Tech, which yeah. is, what, 30, 45 minutes from here? Yep, went right by it on my way here. <laughs> I got a farm I have to go see that's literally – Five minutes from the school. Yeah. I pass it once, twice. What was, and what was your degree in? I don't even remember now. Yeah, since I use it. <laughs> um, had to have it. Mom and dad had to have it. Water quality and wastewater management. Really? I didn't With, know. That. I stayed an extra half a year and got wildlife management because I thought I wanted to be a DNR until I met some people that I really like. My in-laws. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh yeah, well we all know those. Just kidding. But, but um, yeah, I did the DNR thing. Like when I was coming out of school, I wanted to go 
DNR or really wanted to do forestry because I love trees. Um, still do. Um, but nothing when I graduated in 2010. That's when I graduated and you were. I went two years. Yeah, I know. But do four. <laughs> um, school was not for me. Um, yeah, and they were just not hiring at all. I wanted to get on with a forestry company, yeah. drive a bulldozer and burn stuff. That sounded like awesome. <laughs> Still does. <laughs> but I love, I love my job I have now. Which is, I I like it pretty good, and it it lets me get to hunt a little bit. Yeah, well you you've got a kind of a lucrative thing too, to where you kind of not create your own hours, but you can kind of make your schedule to where you can work, and you've got to like a little lots of little places here and a little farm there, and yeah. several other places that's to go. Kind of us the THP guys and listening to them and watching that stuff. I'll do the the saddle hunting. It's kind of help me with the, all the little tracks of land I can hunt. I can just take it all in and take it all out. I don't have to have a stand at every mm-hmm. every farm I go to because if I did, I'd just have – I mean, I don't know how many stands I'd have. But it's just nice to bounce around. Well, we, we talked about it. We need to plant something, do something there at the house this year. We never have yeah. to see what it would do. But – you swear there's deer over there, and I swear there's not. Well, I still got a camera going every day. <laughs> I haven't even opened it. I think I deleted the app. Like, I haven't looked oh, in forever. Well, there's, there's. I sent you that picture of those two. Yeah. And that was I just hate, a month ago. I get enough notifications. I don't want another one. Well, I quit. I turned them off where they just send it to me twice a day instead of, like, every time, every it, time it takes one. Yeah. Because there was some nights I was getting over 100 pictures. Yeah. Which is dumb. But I don't want to turn it where it doesn't take it every every minute. I can't make myself do it every three minutes. No, well, that's like Lee. That's all he does all night. You know, as soon as he gets back from hunting, he sits down with his food in his chair, and he's looking at truck cam pictures, which he's got a lot more truck camera yeah. pictures than you do. But uh, I had all his tacticams. I I mean, I put have one everywhere. Can't afford it. Yeah, they're not not cheap. But, um, yeah, I, it's just – it's crazy to look back on that it's been 14 years since all that happened and, mm-hmm. you know, how much, you know, life has changed and, but parts of it are still the same. Um, and how, you know, d- d- you know, to me, hunting has changed. Um, I've got a different perspective on it than I've ever have before. Um, the, the, the media side of it has definitely changed. And but like from your perspective, as something you know, and you know, you're a consumer of the media, you know, the content that gets put out there on on YouTube a lot of times. And I know you like watching hunting public and things like that. But like, why? What do you watch and why do you watch it? Like, what's it? What's it? What do you get out of it? Just different, like the way. Just education. Is it is it purely education or is there like an entertainment value? There's a to little it? bit of entertainment, but I mean, I learn a lot from watching stuff, and just like what I learned mostly, like I go back to that deer I killed on this past year, but the year before that big eight pointer, mm-hmm. I was going in the same way and never getting close to him, and then one day I changed the axe the way I went in. And went way around him, and then I killed him that day. Mm-hmm. And 
like that was something that I never thought about, like changing your access and doing. But I learned that through watching YouTube and, um, but there, I mean, there is entertainment in it, but I, I get a lot out of it. I mean, they're those the THP guys are pretty successful, which they're they're hunting from good land. I mean, in the you know the Midwest where there's yeah. a, a little more deer than density than we have. Well, here. there's more deer density and there's less people. But I mean, they just and they show everything that they're doing pretty much and they tell you how they got to where they're going and how they're getting there and the next step and stuff like that so i just i mean and and they're they're fun to watch they you know they're fun to watch entertainment wise and but mostly it's i i just like learning different things well you told me one time it's, you feel like it's something you could do yeah i mean it, it's relatable it's very relatable it's not like Paying fifteen thousand dollars to go shoot a yeah. seven by seven, seven elk, yeah, which is it's Still, un, unattainable for the vast, vast majority of the population. Oh yeah, you know, and and I think that's why that there's that those guys. I mean, they found a niche because I mean, for years and years and years, I had guys ask me, well, "Why don't you do a show? You know, hunting show and on public land?" It's like in Georgia, are you crazy? Like we want to be able to actually see something. Yeah, you know, and then these guys that get together and figure out a way to do it and stuck with it. You know, I, I'd like to know how long it took them before they started like turning a profit. You know, I, I'd like to know the back end of it. I know they're doing fine now, but I mean, that was a long road to hoe there because there was a, I mean, the, the amount of time they put in hunting and filming and putting out, I mean, they, they put out a video once a week, don't they? Pretty much. Like deer and deer season, yeah. So and I mean, turkey, I didn't watch many turkey videos, or I watched maybe a couple, but I mean they they were pretty regular. And you watched the Primos guys, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's the other podcast I listen yeah, to. Primos. I don't know why I I cut I deleted it because it was taking up too much space on my phone. <laughs> and they love turkey hunting. Oh yeah. And uh, but about August, I'll I'll get back on listening to Lake and Jordan. Yeah, um, yeah, I do like that one too because their Jordan is very relatable, um, and so is Lake. But they they're easy to listen to, and they they just good old boys. It sounds like they they are they they truly are. Um, they got the gig over there too. I I I uh, which I mean they got a lot to do too, but to be able to put out content for one brand and only worry about one brand. Like I envy people like that now because that would be the freaking dream just to have one thing. That's all you got to worry about. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be nice, but I can't blame anybody by myself. I created this monster. Yeah. Um, but can't complain. I'm extremely blessed and, and glad that I get to do it. And really glad that I had a brother and a dad and a family and a, a small farm growing up that we could do it on. And, you know, it gave me perspective, and, and that's why I tell people, which, you, I mean, you've got to hunt out of home a little bit, not near as much as I have, but, you know, I tell guys, I'm like, look, if you enjoy it around here, like, you need to travel and go do a hunt somewhere else. You need to experience, whether whether it's something as simple as driving five and a half hours to Kentucky, or if it's, you know, going out west for an elk hunt, if it's yeah. 
a turkey hunt in Nebraska, whatever it is, like kind of expand your horizons because, you know, it's everything, you know, you, you live within this, this small local bubble here, especially in North Georgia, um, that, you know, like that deer that Andre killed. I mean, that's a once in a lifetime deer virtually anywhere. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he killed it here, if I mean, if I wouldn't have walked up on that deer with him, I wouldn't have believed he shot it here. I believe he hit it on the side of the road in Fulton County and brought it up here. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it, it's, I, I, I challenge guys, and I say this a lot, to go out and try it somewhere else. Find one of your buddies you hunt with all the time and say, let's, next year, let's plan a turkey hunt to Nebraska. Let's try and do our first elk hunt in Colorado. Let's do this, that, or the other thing. And, um, and which you can tell from experience, once you start having a family, having kids, makes it a lot harder to get to go and hunt like you want to, you know, and, and to go and, and do those things. So do them while you have the chance or try and make it to where you can work it into your schedule. You can always make time somehow. Um, but, you know, we, and we talk about that on the Make It Happen series with Chuck about how you can do these hunts that we're trying to do in a real-world time frame with a real-world budget because – not everybody can do that fifteen thousand dollar elk hunt. You know that's very, very unattainable, and I understand that. And you know most of the guys making the content can't do that. You know it's the top one percent of the guys that can do that. Um, but I still challenge you to go and hunt somewhere else just to just to try it, um, because I mean it's it, you know I, I don't don't regret anything you know growing up here but man other places a lot of fun too it's just different it's different everywhere else mm-hmm. you know it's a it's and the, the culture's different the hunting's different the landscape's different the you know the way the animals act's different everything about it's different and that's why i think that's why i enjoy it's just because you know like i went and looked at that place in ohio that i was going to lease and i got there and it was just like hunting here it was on the side of a hill everywhere and i'm like i don't want to hunt on the side of a ridge anymore. I think that's how I grow up hunting. Yeah. I want somewhere that's a Midwest, that's got some pinch points, that's, you know, field edges, that's, you know, got some timber, got some fields, and, you know, there's creek bottoms. I was like, and this is not it. You know, I want something that's that feels like the Midwest, and this does not feel like the Midwest. But um, did it have deer on it? I'm sure it did, but just wasn't what I was expecting. I'm really glad I drove up there and put my eyes on it before I leased it because I would have been very upset if I would have. But now I'm looking in Oklahoma or somewhere else to try and lease a place. But I don't know if I'm going to get to this year with Kansas, and which I didn't draw Iowa. I thought I was going to draw. I should have drawn Iowa, but I didn't. But with Kansas and the New Mexico mule deer hunt, and I want to do an elk hunt this year. I just don't know how I'm going to do it. I haven't started planning it yet. Got to work and stay married at some point, too. Yeah. Mostly work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all I got. You got anything else? No? No. First mm-hmm. podcast is over with. Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Peace.